Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you on this Tuesday. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbright Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that backs it up every step of the way. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. So, Matt will be out the rest of the week, and then he'll be back on Monday. I talked to him this morning. He has built up a lot of anger. He also laughed at my suggestion of calling the child Aaron Jalen Catrillo after Aaron Judge and Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> and there's a part of him that says he wished he'd thought of that. <laughs> well, you didn't. But they picked a great name anyway. John Paul. So very nice. So he'll be back on Monday. And there you go. Penn State gets ready for Northwestern. Took some time. I watched the Northwestern tape this morning. And I watched the first quarter of the game, and then I watched from the middle of the third quarter on. So I wanted to see what they did to come back. Bryant did a great job throwing the ball, I thought. Um, they occasionally work in Jack Lausch, at quarterback. He would prefer to run. Well, I shouldn't say he would prefer to run. It's not his choice. They would prefer him to run than pass. Okay. That's what they prefer. Um, Uh, 
Um, and I like Porter, the running back. Hyman, the 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 young the, the kid, it's a good player, not a bad receiver. The, the all three tight ends are good. I like the three tight ends. But I will say this: there are certain things that when you're watching that game, that are just like stunning from the Minnesota point of view. And one of them was what set up the last drive. They bring out Crawford to punt. Minnesota does. They have the ball at about, I think, like the 43-yard line of Northwestern. So they ate up some clock. They burned all of Northwestern's timeouts. Okay. But they didn't get the first down. Okay. So Northwestern deliberately goes off. My apologies. Minnesota deliberately goes off sides because they want to move back five yards and give a little more space for Crawford to punt. Northwestern, to their credit, declines the penalty. Okay. All right. Okay. So. Crawford, to his credit, the punter from Minnesota, dumps the ball perfectly inside the seven, eight-yard line where it takes a cut, it takes a really nice, perfect bounce, and lands at the two. Unfortunately, Redding, the gunner, is standing square in the end zone, just waiting for the ball to come down. Except he's standing two yards deep in the end zone when he catches it. Right? The long snapper who's sprinting down the field is about the ten yard line, and he puts his arms out and looks at me. Go, what are you doing? <laughs> Because it was like Redding was in this big rush. He's standing two yards deep in the end zone and is waiting for the ball to come down. He thought he was in the field of play. So they gave them 18 yards right out of the gate. The officials made one tough call on the drive that benefited Northwestern. Gordon Thomas Gordon, the tight end, caught a ball near the sideline, cut inside because he was trying to get a first down. And then after he cut inside and got a, a couple of extra yards, he then cut to the sideline and went down. His knee went down in bounds. And they stopped the clock as if he went out of bounds. It really helped Northwestern. <clears throat> so, But they were very patient on the last. They have no timeouts. And they were very patient on the drive. Very, very patient. You know, Xander, Xander Mueller, he made a big play to set up that punt. They tried to get to the edge. And he went out and got him on the edge. Really good play. And that set up that last punt where Redding is standing in the end zone, thinking he's did, hey, look what I did. I'm right. I was like, no, you're you're actually in the end zone. Oh. And then Gallagher played well, like, like him a lot. Really like Rod Hurd in the secondary 24, like him a lot. Darren Johnson got hurt 
at the end of regulation. I mean, he limped off the field. I mean, he was not moving well when he left. And Tate, the one defensive end who's been in and out of the starting line, that played well in the game, and Kenny Soares, I think I mentioned I thought it was Gallagher that might have put the pressure on because I was just trying to glance at it in the booth while watching it again. While watching the tape, it was Kenny Soares that broke through and forced Calic Manis to throw it long before he wanted to. Long before he wanted to. And he overthrew, you know, he threw it too high. So they can do things like that. I mean, Kirsch, the wide receiver, very good. He had 215 yards receiving. It's interesting, though. In the last drive, you're asking how many catches did Kirsch, did Kirsch make in the last drive? He made none. They went to Cam Johnson, and they went to A.J. Henning. Henning caught the touchdown pass. Kirsch didn't get any. He had all 215 yards in the first 54 minutes of the game. Last six minutes, he had none. Well, which I found interesting. Bryant is not a great runner, but he moved enough in the game, and he, he looked like he hurt his ankle at one point. Not a great runner. He's a good thrower, though. I mean, he's a sixth-year kid. He went Cincinnati, Eastern Michigan, back to Cincinnati. Now he's at Northwestern. And he's a sixth-year player. And like I said, they'll play Jack Lausch some. And the idea that they have when they put Lausch in, for the most part, they want him to run. And for the most part, they want him to run. And, all right. And the kicker Olson's fine. The punter Renner's fine. You know, Henning is a very is going back to the Michigan days has always been a good punt returner, but he hasn't had really a chance to return punts so far for them. Um, and and that's where they are. And they're two and two. And David Braun, by the way, to his credit, Braun's a very uh, the stomach may be churning, maybe on the sideline, but he's a very calm presence when you look at him on the sideline. You know, I give him a lot of credit. He doesn't get too. Doesn't seem like he gets too high, too low over there. Yeah. And guess what? It is. Every team that you face on the, your schedule is a threat. All of them. Because winning's hard. And your Penn State, you need to keep winning. Winning's hard. Your Penn State, you need to keep winning. We will take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Uh, Later today, we'll have Neil Kulong on the show, Brad Nessler, 
tomorrow, Dave N at the Play-by-Play Voice of Northwestern and Nate Bauer of uh, Blue White Illustrated and On3.com will join us, and we'll have our roundtable with our high school announcers on Thursday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, people have, uh, have asked if Matt is in Guadalajara, whether he's going to come back to work next week, rested and tanned, and that this baby thing was a ruse. We'll have to find out when he gets back here. Ruse, by the way, big word. The moment suit is in the corner office looking up the word. Um, the uh, it's interesting. Sean Payton with Denver, uh, Brandon Stokely, who played in the NFL for 15 years, including three years of the Broncos, and was a big reason in helping the Ravens win a Super Bowl. Uh, part of the local media in Denver now, and he's he says, "Look, I'm a big Sean Pay- Payton fan," but he says he's treated the local media differently. He says you don't get passes when you come in and try to change everything, and you treat the local media one way and the national media another. He says you're their best friend; they can have full access to whatever they want, whatever they need. They've got local media. Quote: We've been relegated. All of a sudden, everything looks different. In the past, and the performance was awful. And Stokely had also criticized the comments that Payton made about Nathaniel Hack in the offseason. And, and it was, by the way, his criticism was correct. You can't do that. He said, you got to get up there and take it like a big boy, Stokely continued. You don't need to fire back at a reporter like that. It's uncalled for. It's unnecessary. I can promise you this. If it was a national reporter, it was, say, Seth Wickersham or Jarrett Bell. He would not have answered it like that, I can promise you. And that's what really ticks me off. Stokely isn't just, of course, a member of the local media. He's a guy's former player. And I think it's an interesting comment about that. Keyshawn Johnson then says, Other coaches helped Oregon game plan for Colorado. He says, I'm not making this up, he says. says, I'm not going to disclose names, but you all know who I'm talking about if you're watching. Keyshawn. The world is not conspiring against Deion Sanders. There's three games worth of tape out there where they had to fight hard to win at TCU. They had to fight hard in double overtime to beat Colorado State. Died them for a period of time. Obviously, against Nebraska, they were able to win eventually going away in that game. But when a team is out there and they have to fight hard the entire four quarters, or in the Colorado State game, four quarters plus two overtimes, you have to show a lot on tape. <laughs> so other coaches are going, oh, this is what you do. Everybody can see it. It's, it's, I'm sorry, It's you hear a comment like that, 
and you just sit back and shake your head. There's three there's three games worth of tape that Oregon had to look at where Colorado had to really play to win each one, especially two and a half. Like, they really had to. I mean, they had to throw out everything they had defensively. They had to throw out everything they had offensively. And it's that kind of baseless comment. He says, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, just cut me a break. You know what? We think the the Colorado tapes aren't available to anybody? (laughs) They're available to everybody. (laughs) Everybody. That's what I pointed out. That, that What did I say in the show yesterday? Right? Then I see this comment. I said in the show yesterday, you've got three games of tapes that I gave Deion Sanders and his staff a lot of credit because they were masking their issues and had done a great job through three. The problem is once you get to three or four games, now all the secrets are out there, and you're looking at personnel saying, beatable, beatable, Good chance against him defensively. Beatable, beatable. Bad matchups really great for us. It's all there. It, it's um. And then you see something like that. It's like, hey, slow down. What do you think? The Oregon coaching staff? They have some pretty good coaches on that staff. And believe me, they had all three of those games broken down. That's something that, for example, Sonny Dykes and TCU didn't have. Well, they had Jackson State tape, but not the same personnel. Well, now Dan Landing and his staff had three games with that coaching staff and that personnel, and they found the matchups and the openings they wanted to and exploited every one of them. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best to do inventory. They all have great warranties that make such a difference in the buying experience. Plus, look, end of the year deals, too. Fabulous pre-owned vehicles. They all have the Sunbury Motors guarantee. They go over every vehicle. And a terrific service department backs it up every step of the way. That way, when it comes time to trade in for your next SMC vehicle, it's in great shape because of the service department. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, Neil Kulong at 2.06 today. Brad Nessler at 2.45. Tomorrow at 1.35. Nate Bauer of On3.com. And at 2.05 tomorrow, Dave Ennett, the play-by-play voice of Northwestern. And uh, there you go. That's what we have coming up. 
And a couple of notes for you. Uh, James Franklin has a press conference today. And, uh, you know, he talked about the importance of areas of growth and so forth. By the way, the sports TV ratings came out. The uh, the big one was, of course, Notre Dame and um, in Ohio State, and it did really well. First of all, the afternoon game between Colorado and Oregon did really well. Believe it or not, the Colorado-Oregon game on ABC at 3.40 in the afternoon actually beat out primetime Notre Dame and Ohio State. They had 10.03 million for the Ohio State, for the Colorado-Oregon game. Again, whatever you may think about Deion Sanders, whatever you may think about the polarizing figure that Dion is. There are people that love him, love him, love him, and there are people that want to see him lose, lose, lose. Right? Well, people are watching because they want to see him win, and you have people out there watching because they want to see him get his hat handed to him. Well, it's translating. 10.03 million. Ohio State Notre Dame did extremely well. 9.98 million on prime time. And the uh, Penn State-Iowa game got $2.75 million on uh, Big Ten primetime Saturday night. So the uh, Penn State-Iowa game was the fifth-rated game of the weekend. Florida State-Clemson, $6.7 million on ABC. Uh, Ole Miss Alabama did well as the lead into Penn State at four point six million, but again, opposite the Notre, the Notre Dame Ohio State game. Okay, that's the way it played out. Um, after Penn State Iowa, Texas Baylor was behind it. Arkansas LSU was behind it. Uh, Auburn Texas A and M behind it. Uh, Oklahoma Cincinnati was behind it. Rutgers, Michigan got 1.9. Oregon State, Washington State got 1.75. NC State, Virginia on Friday night did did fine, 1.5. UCLA, Utah got 1.5. A little surprised at that. Uh, USC, Arizona State, late night, 1.3. And Michigan, excuse me, Michigan State hosting Maryland, they got 1.2. That was on NBC. Wisconsin, Purdue, which was Friday, that was Friday night game, 1.1. And Cal and Washington got 1.1. So there you go. Uh, so the game, uh, and if you're wondering about the Steelers-Vegas, 19.2. Fox NFL Sunday got 24.3 million. 
That's without the Eagles, by the way. Uh, Steelers Vegas, primetime 19-2. CBS across the board 17-5 for the their games. Uh, Steelers in Cleveland, Monday Night Football got 15.4, really good. Thursday Night Football, Giants and Niners on prime. Wow. Uh, got 13.9 on prime. That's really good. Um, but the number one college game was Colorado-Oregon. 10.03. Ohio State Notre Dame was second. Uh, Clemson, Florida State was third. Ole Miss, Alabama, fourth. Penn State and Iowa, fifth. Obviously, the Penn State-Iowa game probably would have gone up another $2 million or so if that, you know, if it wasn't uh, Notre Dame and, uh, and Ohio State. But you know, those are the, you know, that's how the ratings played out. And part of it is, with all due respect, a big part of it is um, uh, a big part of that is, you know, if people asked about, like, for example, Brad and Gary Danielson coming up here. Look, that's setting the table for years to come. That's what they're going to have. Ole Miss-Alabama is a big game. Alabama needed it. Ole Miss thought they could break through. I understand that. But CBS was making the long play, and they sent Brad and Gary and Jenny Dell up here uh, for the game because it was in prime time, and that's what they wanted to showcase. Because starting next year, for them, it's all Big Ten. Uh, And think about this. Look at the... um, uh, the AP top 10 right now. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, oh, Oregon, Washington, USC. Uh, That's six of the top 10 that ESPN will not be able to broadcast next year. Hmm. Or that ESPN will not be able to broadcast next year. And let's point out something. Okay, ABC would not have had that Oregon-Colorado game under next year's scenario. That would have been a Fox game or CBS or NBC. ESPN could not do the game because Oregon is the home team being the Big Ten. So. Very interesting. Uh, and the ratings turned out about the way I thought they would. No offense. I mean, NBC's game this week is Michigan State-Iowa. Holy mackerel. That's your primetime game. Ooh, boy. That is going to be an issue. That That's going to be an issue. Because... Look, no offense, Iowa's not an exciting team, and neither's Michigan State. And that is a big problem. So. Hmm. 
They've already had Maryland and Charlotte as a game. You know, obviously that didn't draw either. So, look, you know, the whiteout and everything. And to this point, by the way, if you're wondering what Penn State, Illinois, the number was, was about 3.2 million. West Virginia is about 3.5 million. And again, it's it's just the pure competition with Notre Dame hosting Ohio State, those two big brands head to head. And then Penn State, and of course, you know, and you're watching the Penn State game and you're just watching. I mean, you realize that after the turnover on the punt that hit Deshaun Lee and Curtis Jacobs recovered. Penn State ran 80 of the next 96 plays. Okay. 80 of the next 96 plays were run by Penn State in that game. Meanwhile, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game is a close game. So... I mean, there you are. You know, and Penn State's up, you know, in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's no chance in heck of Iowa scoring. I mean, who knows how many people turned over if they were locked into the Penn State game who tuned, tuned over to Ohio State and Notre Dame because the game was close. Exactly. So it's going to it's, it's going to get a big. I knew that they would get a big number. They did, but the interesting one is the Oregon, Colorado game, and that game ends up being a rout. That game ends up being a rout, and but for whatever you want to say about Deion Sanders. There is a segment of the population that wants him to succeed. They love his style. They love the bravado. They love how he goes about it. Right? They love it. And there's a section of the country that wants to see, with, especially with all the transfers and everything like that, they want to see it crash and burn. So you're going to watch. You're going to people who are watching to see if they can get something like TCU or something like Nebraska or double overtime drama with Colorado State. Like, oh my goodness. And there are other people that were hoping Oregon would go out and crush them like a grape. And that's how you end up with a great rating like that. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady. Tom Brady was like that. Every game Brady was in Brady, I'm sick of Brady, I'm an Eagles fan, I'm sick of Brady. And I was like, okay, well, you're sick of Brady, but guess what? America's watching to see whether Brady and the Patriots or Brady and the Bucks can keep on, wow, win, 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 because they just love Brady. And there's a section of the country that loves Tom Brady. And there's a section of the country that wants to see Tom Brady crash and burn. Well, guess what they both do? They both watch Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, 
What do both segments of the population have in common? They both watch. And that's how you get a great rating. The casual fan is intrigued, like, yeah, what do you think about, you know, what do you think about this Dion thing? You know, they're undefeated going in, Oregon's undefeated. Now, will they get the same type of audience for big noon kickoff with USC and Colorado, especially since Colorado comes in after being crushed? Will they get the same audience on big noon kickoff? That's going to be interesting. Big brand, USC, going in there, Heisman Trophy winner. Will you get the same audience? No, there you go. And again, Iowa's style of football is not going to draw people to the Penn State. I mean, that that 2.8 million, whatever it is, I mean, those those are mostly Penn State fans that couldn't wait to tune in. I mean, Iowa does not bring casual fans with them. And I say that with all due respect. They just are not an exciting team to watch. I'm just, I'm, I mean, they have to play the way they feel they have to play to win games, and they've won a lot of games. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has won 201 games in his career. But there you go. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK, okay? Great to have you with us on the show today, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Warp, and online at sunburymotors.com. And, uh, uh, having talked about the Eagles game, I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, they were um, really good, efficient, played great defense last night. I thought Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis both played very well. Um, offensively, they were they moved the ball, probably could have had more points, just didn't finish enough drives. Um, I feel like the passing game is still just like like a quarter step off. But they're three and zero. I mean, I mean, you're at this point you are nitpicking as to where you are. The Eagles continue to play really good, efficient football. They're a smart team. Don't beat themselves. Good running attack. Offensive line for the most part plays pretty well. Um. Oh, why for the most part? I, for the most part, they. they there's some things that they do that are you know, a couple times. I mean, Lane Johnson's very good at getting off the line of scrimmage early. <laughs> like, Lane, you got to hang in longer. Um, and defensively, linebackers are okay. Secondary's good, especially with Bradbury back. But the guys up front, really good. Carter is 
a terrific player, and uh, Jordan Davis is just getting better by the week. And Elliott is... You get the ball to the 35-yard line, and you're Nick Sirianni, you know you're getting points. Unless you want to go for it on fourth down. But you're going to get points. There's a comfort level knowing that your kicker is that good. From 50 to 58 yards. Actually, from 50 to 60 yards. And he's had a 261 yarders in his career, but from 50 to 60 yards out? Jeez. And you can almost get the ball to the 40 yard line if you like you're going to get points because Elliott's been that good. Very interesting. I mean, they're a good team. Really, really good team. Um, and they're playing like a really good team. They're playing very efficiently right now. And I give them really a lot of credit for um, how they go about their business. We're going to talk to Neil Kulong about the Steelers in the other night. I know he watched him. He watched some of the Penn State-Iowa game. He texted me Sunday morning about it. And then we'll talk to Brad Nessler and his impressions. I'm not sure which game Brad has. I'm going to have to look and see which game Brad has this week. I did not see um, which game they have. Um, They're going back. I mean, they're going back to uh, the SEC next week. Do, 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 do. Um, well, I'll have to look up and see which one, which game they've got this week. Uh, uh, probably Georgia-Auburn. I would guess they go down to Georgia-Auburn. That's got to be the game, right? Yep. Georgia-Auburn, Alabama-Texas A&M are the Two big SEC games. So, ding, ding, ding. so it looks like that's what it's going to be. Uh, Georgia will visit Auburn. That will be 3.30 on CBS. Alabama's game with Texas A&M. Oh, Alabama's game to, uh, with Texas A&M is actually, okay, that's October 7th. So they're going to have Georgia-Auburn. So it's a quick trip from Atlanta down to the Plains. Brad for that game. As the first, I think it's the first time they've got Georgia on TV this year. Actually, it's the second time they had uh, South Carolina as well. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Fruits 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.